Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome back to another episode of Inside Illini Football. Bright, sunny Thursday afternoon in Champaign, Illinois. I'm sports editor Matt Daniels with the News Gazette. Pleased to be joined by Rod Farva, beat writer Again. for the News Gazette. You still got the mustache, Scott. Was that only just a week ago? <laughs> <laughs> so you first made that joke. It seems like a month. Come on, Scott. You haven't been that busy. Illinois hasn't played a football game in two weeks. Yeah, you just it, it, somehow that doesn't change. You just you know <laughs> you, you sit at home and you know type some words. When yeah, you feel like do it. Nothing. Yeah, exactly. Oh, That's what people think sports writers do. <laughs> <Yeah>. So <laughs> they should have them tag along. I'll just wear. I'm gonna wear a GoPro for a day. <laughs> just give everyone a behind the scenes look. But all my football is playing a game. Two days. Mm-hmm. Huh? Um, just about, about 50 on the, hours. Just about on the dot there. Yeah. At Nebraska. Both teams coming off a bye. Um, Nebraska, obviously, in a strange place Weird as a place. program. I mean, mm-hmm. Mickey Joseph has them playing better. Is it good enough for him to get the job when all is said and done? Who knows? But um, it's, I don't know, it's weird to think of it in this terms but like is Illinois finally like reached the place where there's like trap games <laughs> that, that is true beating Illinois would probably enhance Mickey Joseph's case to Trev Alberts to a make, him, win. make him the, the permanent coach of, of the Cornhuskers are you a Cornhuskers guy or do you just go Huskers well first reference is Cornhuskers okay. and then after that you after go Huskers, Huskers. alright why because it's shorter I don't know <laughs> Right, Cornhuskers, it's it's so formal. It is. That is true. I just had to get that, that hard-hitting question out of the way. All right, so uh, Brett Bielham and his staff uh, have had two weeks to prepare for the Cornhuskers, or Huskers, however you want to refer to them. Uh, been busy recruiting. Seems every day, Scott, that they're adding new commits to the, the 2023 class, as I'm sure you have them all memorized in your head. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll filibuster here for a few minutes so you can Get pick up all the ones that they've uh, they've landed here in in the last uh, last week or so. Uh, they're up to what eighteen? Eighteen. Eighteen commits so far in, in the class of twenty three. And one one junior college, college offensive lineman. They've Who? they've they've got they start two junior college offensive linemen this year who just signed in December and Isaiah Adams and Zach Chrysler. So Brett Bielema and Bart Miller apparently know what they're doing when they, they mine the JUCO rings for uh, for offensive linemen. Yeah, so Desmond Schuster plays at Hutchinson Community uh, College in Kansas. One, one of, of the, the top programs. The top JUCO teams in the mm-hmm. country annually. Um, and I think there's a sense about him that will be I mean, a little further along development-wise, maybe could play mm-hmm. you know, right away next season. Because um, what, next season you're... And we'll get to this season, too, because that's where a lot of 
interest is still not looking ahead to, to next season yet. But you're going to lose Alex Palczewski. He's yeah, finally. I, I don't think. <coughs> don't he think he's coming back. back I'm for, not sure honestly how Brebbiola got him back for a six year. He's not going to. He's going to pull Jalen Coleman Lands and play a seventh season of college football. I, I mean, I guess with Bielma, like never say never because, <laughs> like, by it seems like the book, the rule book, like Alex Palczewski shouldn't be playing college football now. But there was some workaround and used for him and Michael Marques. So he's gone. It should be. And gone. Alex Pilstrom, he he's done. also been around six years. Okay, yeah, this is a six year, yeah, six yeah. year with the Bengals. So you're looking at with Alex Palczewski. You're looking at two starters on the offensive line, and Isaiah Adams is playing at maybe a high enough level to okay. potentially be a draft pick. Now, I think he could come back and turn into like a day two guy mm-hmm. instead of a you know day three mm-hmm. a draft pick. But so. Could be looking to replace several, and then I mean Julian Pearl. Mm-hmm. Like, it's been here five years. Like it's true, he could leave as well. I mean, it could just be a completely rebuilt offensive line. line. So okay, there could be room for Desmond Schuster. But who else? Who else have the line I landed? Uh, the most recent happened uh, Monday. Monday, <laughs> my days. Alex Bray is a defensive lineman. I mean, maybe like outside linebacker. Mm-hmm. We'll see where he eventually lands, but from uh, Marquette High School on the Missouri side. Mm-hmm. Near St. Louis. Yeah, in Chesterfield. Um, good numbers in his senior season. Yeah, on a good team. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots, uh, I mean, he leads his team in by f- far and away in like tackles for loss and sacks. Um, so, three star recruit. Was, didn't have any other. FBS offers, you know, Illinois was his first, and he pounced on that after visiting uh, for the Minnesota Minnesota game. game. Mm -hmm. So, and probably the best, uh, well, I mean, Desmond Schuster might honestly wind up being pretty important, but, um, you know, safety out of New Jersey, Sabur Sabur Kareem Mm -hmm. was the other, is a third commit in the last week. Um, Already one of the top, Recruits in Illinois' class, just from a ranking mm-hmm. standpoint, but uh, good size, six three, one eighty. Like some positional versatility in the secondary, which you know Ryan Walters prefers mm-hmm. to be able to play guys in different spots. So um, class is still not like super ranked super high in either the Big Ten or nationally. Um, so take of that what you will, but I mean they're still in the mix for some higher profile recruits. Like Jair Hill is a safety out of Kankakee. Um, Simeon wide receiver Malik Elzey is back on the market after decommitting from uh, Cincinnati. Uh, Illinois is certainly, you know, got, you know, obviously they have interest. I think there's, it's reciprocated. So still a chance to kind of bolster that class that, you know, is still led by Arthur Levington, Atwood Hammond, running back um, Caden Feagan. Quarterback for the Knights this season. Yeah. Will not be a quarterback <laughs> at the next level. <laughs> I'll be running back. At least. Quarterback who's rushed for more than 1,400 yards and 24 touchdowns yeah. for the playoff-bound Knights. I'd say they don't throw it a ton. They don't, but he's been efficient when he has yeah. had to throw the ball. And but he plays on defense as well. He was the first commit in the class. Mm-hmm. Was obviously a four-star recruit and still is the only four-star right now. So, Fagan and, and Arthur Levington at Hammond open up the playoff Saturday, half hour before Illinois kicks off at 2 p.m. at Vandalia in a Class 2A first-round playoff game. So if you're in that neck of the woods and want to see a future line in person there you go 
All right, so recruiting's been a focal point uh, during the bye week for for Bielema and his staff. Uh, so is getting Chase Brown talked about as a potential Heisman Trophy candidate, and also like wrapping him in bubble wrap and <laughs> not letting him do anything during the bye week. Like that was the agreement. You carry it forty-one times against Minnesota. You don't have to like even glance at your pads for a week. Well, they've got a, w- a website devoted just to Chase Brown on the uh, Illinois Athletics website now. What is it? Chasing History? Yeah. I, I'm trying to think, like, the last time they'd done something like that. Was there a one when, the, like, try to do some campaign behind, like, Juice Williams and Aurelius Ben? It might have been. That predates my time. Yeah, I feel like Illinois. I remember our colleague Bob Osmond mm-hmm. talking about that. Might be. Uh, it's, it's been a while. It has. And uh, Chase Brown got his own podium, uh, own solo podium in front of the assembled reporters during yeah, that, the bye week. That does has never happened mm-hmm. in the Brett Bielma era. How did he handle that? Was he okay? Yeah, he's fine. Okay. I mean, I think obviously a lot of attention you know, on Chase Brown right now. He's the nation's leading rusher. Still. S- still. Even after yeah. the mm-hmm. bye week. And... I know that there was um, some Canadian TV that made the trip down to Champaign to do, you know, obviously stories on Chase, but then Chase and Sydney as mm-hmm. well. Because, I mean, regardless of, like, the NFL draft and what happens with those two, like, they'll probably be the first two picks in the CFL draft. Fair enough. There's a pretty good chance. Not that – and that would just mean, like, those CFL teams have their rights should mm-hmm. they, you know, not make an NFL roster. But, yeah. Kind of a big deal when you got a couple Canadians. Oh yeah, playing as well as they are. Did you watch some college football on Saturday? Since you didn't have to cover any college football on Saturday, Scott? you know, I really didn't. You didn't. All right, it worked out well for Illinois. Oh yeah, I mean, every they didn't play they a game in their sole possession, sole possession of uh, first place in the Big Ten West after Wisconsin beat uh, Purdue. Uh, Northwestern lost because that's just what they do this year in the United States. They have not won a game in the U.S. this this entire season. Uh, Iowa got pummeled at Ohio State. Kirk Ferentz is just having a rough year. The whole Ferentz family. I know, Brian, that they care about you and they love (laughs) you, but it's just it's been a really, really rough year. Kirk Ferentz is lashing out at reporters, asking them tough questions and and wishing he wasn't in their spot. And then he does what everyone does these days and Day has, later. has someone write an apology? Has someone write an apology for him? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, he certainly didn't write that. <laughs> um, I gotta tell you, like, I get on Twitter and like the first part of the season, like Scott Frost was like always trending. Mm-hmm. Do you get on Twitter and you don't just automatically want to get off Twitter? <laughs> yeah, a lot of the times. <laughs> but then, like recently, like I log on and it's like, Ferris is <laughs> trending. I was like, man, that's not for a good reason, Kirk. It has it's never been. Yeah. Um, except, I mean, I think the one time that was funny was when Fran McCaffrey and <laughs> Bob, Bob Stoops. Stoops got tricked into filming cameos mm. in support of Brian in Iowa City <laughs> for the tough time he was going through. And uh, Minnesota got pummeled at Penn State Saturday night, 45-17. I mean, the Big Ten West title is it's right there for... Illinois to win. Yeah, this was a good season for Illinois to be like the last competent team standing <laughs> in the division. And like they're playing good football as well, but they're certainly been helped by, you know, Wisconsin is not the Wisconsin of old. Iowa 
great defense, pretty good special teams, the worst offense in the country, uh-huh. and it's not even close at this and point. And their defense got pulverized by Ohio State. Yeah, but yeah. who doesn't? Well, Illinois probably won't when they beat the Buckeyes in the Big Ten title game. You keep saying that. Just this is the light, This is the reality we live in, Scotty. Illinois. <laughs> I mean, I can see them making it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see anyone beating Ohio State. Right. They're they're playing a different sport. Fair enough. Um, like Minnesota, not as good as they have been. Nope. Northwestern is clearly Purdue's just they they look good if one week and the next week they yeah they don't. Uh, I think that while that loss helps Illinois chances in the Big Ten West, I think it diminishes the chances of a potential visit from college game day to Champaign for Illinois-Purdue on November 12th, although game day has taken a little bit of a different path this year on some of their visits. Yeah. But but still, that's that Illinois-Purdue game is shaping up to be the de facto Big Ten West championship game in, in three weeks. Would imagine it would be. Yeah. Uh, especially I mean, if just, especially if Illinois can, has to keep winning. Yeah, if what is it? If Illinois wins, if Illinois beats every Big Ten West team, they're on the schedule remaining. So they've got Nebraska this Saturday, Purdue November twelfth here in Champaign, and then November twenty sixth at Northwestern. Even if they lose to Michigan State and Michigan, still they're win. still in the they're still they're, would win the West. They would win the West. Play at Lucas Oil Stadium on December third in Indy. How yeah. how amazing is that? Well, considering I projected, you know, this Illinois team to win five games, and they did that through what three <laughs> weeks ago. <laughs> um, certainly has been better than I anticipated. Yeah, I, I had them at seven wins. Uh, I've kept saying the Pinstripe Bowl was their destiny this year. It's they, not all about that. They still could get to seven wins, but at this point, though, if they only get to seven wins, granted, disappointment. It, granted, it would be the first winning season for the program since 2011. I feel we've written that a lot this year. A lot of things have happened since 2011, yeah. but that would be an utter disappointment right now for <laughs> Illinois. To, to finish out one and four? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's uh, you're almost pulling the Ron Zuck at that point. Yeah. I, I mean, and we'll get into the... Uh, the Nebraska game here, I guess right now, uh, you'll be headed out on uh, on Friday, Scott, to make the uh, eight-hour drive to to Lincoln. Uh, like we said, Mickey Joseph's Cornhuskers are coming off a bye week last week, sitting at three and four on the year right now, uh, two and two in the Big Ten. They've looked better under Mickey Joseph's leadership. But I don't know if you could do much worse. I'll say, yeah, the bar was pretty low. Um, very low, in fact. But um, their defense has been, I think, better since they made, obviously made the change after the Oklahoma game and Mickey Joseph fired the defensive coordinator. Um, offense, and they've got some big play capability. Like yeah. that's like That's their kind of go-to. That's what they've really leaned on. You know, since Mickey Joseph took over, you know, Casey Thompson, you know, connecting with Trey Palmer has been Often. kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Trey Palmer is probably one of the best, I would say the, maybe the best or second best Big Ten wide receiver outside of Ohio State's duo that they have. Fair. So, I mean, 
the best maybe Illinois faced. True. Yes, I think that's for a sure. fair fair comparison for um, sure. So we'll see how you know the secondary kind of handles that. I mean, because Illinois has been has been beaten deep a, a few times. Mm-hmm. Um, Indiana for the first touchdown, the Hoosiers scored. Um, Virginia got them deep on one play, but I mean the defensive line has gotten so much pressure and you know forced so many you know less than ideal passes that you know those deep balls haven't there just haven't been I mean, an opportunity for them so um, I don't imagine that changing because you know this defensive line shows they can get pressure against pretty much everybody um, and then the secondary you know if it's a slightly wobbly ball from Casey Thompson who is you know a little prone mm-hmm. uh, of putting the ball into harm's way um, I may or may not have referenced him as the Art Sikowski of the Great Plains <laughs> Uh, but he's got 11 touchdowns and eight picks this year. So, yeah. like, he's going to probably throw one. Just go big or go home. Yeah, I mean, for the most part, it's been home with a loss <laughs> for Nebraska. <laughs> uh, so, it's just kind of interesting, you know, that matchup. So, you know, the only secondary has got some talent. Mm-hmm. They can shut down Trey Palmer. That'd be a pretty good step towards the win. Yeah, I mean, since Scott Frost was fired, uh, Nebraska lost to Oklahoma in his first game with Mickey Joseph on the sidelines, 49-14, pretty convincing loss. I, don't, I mean, I don't think they had any chance to win that game. No, probably not, but Oklahoma's not very good Yeah, but just the either. whole scenario. I mean, like, True. the coach was just fired. It's mm-hmm. going to be pretty tough to get the W there. Uh, rebounded with two straight Big Ten wins, beat Indiana, and won at Rutgers. Close 14-13 to Friday night win at Rutgers. And then... A high-scoring game at Purdue ended up losing 43-37, though. Um, but, yeah, this is – I mean, if Nebraska wants to mess up Illinois' dream season, probably have them fall out of the top 25 and assert Nebraska right in the mix of the Big Ten West. Uh, if someone on – again, I saw this on Twitter, but, like, found a scenario where it would be, like – six-way tie at the top of the Big Ten West. And like Northwestern, <laughs> obviously, is at the bottom. Cause, uh-huh. But it's like, one, like make better choices. <laughs> and two, like please don't let that happen. I don't I don't need the complications. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we're going to have Bob Osmussen in Saturday's Music Gazette kind of break down the, the path and the scenarios that Illinois has to encounter now uh, to get that Big Ten West title and, and ensure a, a spot in, in Indy. You ready for some trivia questions, Scotty? Um, it's your favorite part of the podcast. Yeah, as in previous weeks, I'm likely not ready. I told you, I think, last week on this this episode that, you know, we're going to get you ready. For, Nebraska was going to be the, the opponent. So you knew that. It's, they did. It's a relatively short series between the two Big Ten schools. That's fair. It's been a lot of my brain power on college basketball and Yeah, that's happening, too. That's happening Friday night. Brad Underwood and his team. Out and since, since we podcasted last one football, I've also covered some high school soccer. You have. It's uh, a lot. Counting your receipts there. Yeah, I'm just saying there's a l- my brain doesn't have room <laughs> <laughs> for some of this stuff. Like, it's already packed with, like, nicknames of every Division One program. Yeah, I don't know why you have that party trick. Did you use it at your Halloween party on no, Saturday night? No, that's, I mean, no one cares. Okay. <laughs> Elon. Phoenix. Uh, Toledo. That can be a hard one. Well, I'm just thinking of teams on Illinois' football schedule next season. Rockets. Florida Atlantic. Owls. What year did they start FBS play? 
See, it's in today's paper, Scotty, on the front page of the sports section. Oh, well, might have missed your that neighbor one. stole your paper again. Yeah, two thousand five. Who was who was Florida Atlantic's first football coach? Your first football coach had a mustache. Um, kind of looks like Colonel Sanders. It was uh, helped my Yeah, Howard Schellenberger. Okay, at least I knew that. That's not the real trivia questions, though. Those are just fake ones to get you prepared for the, the one Illinois and Nebraska series. They have played the first game in this series was in 1892, so I'll give you that one. Okay, I would not have guessed that. Saturday's kickoff in Lincoln, how many meetings will that mark? How many games played between Illinois and Nebraska when Saturday's game takes place? Nebraska spent most of its time not in the same conference as Illinois, so I'm going to go like 24. Lower. 18. This will be the 19th meeting. Between Illinois and Nebraska, who leads the all-time series, Scotty? Nebraska. Yes, they do. 13-5 and 1. All these ties. What year was the tie? 1912. <laughs> 1953-21-21 tie in Champaign. That was the first game between the Illini and the Cornhuskers in 28 years. And then they did not meet again until two back-to-back games in the mid-80s, 1985-1986. Uh, Brett Beam is three and one against Nebraska. Nebraska's nine and two all time uh, against Illinois in Lincoln. Hostile environment they're going to go into on Saturday. The sellout streak I think will continue. It's supposed at to Nebraska. Whether all the seats will be filled, mm, TBD. Three hundred eighty seventh consecutive sellout. If that is the case on Saturday, crazy. Since nineteen sixty two, they are. They obviously love their Husker football out in Nebraska. It's a a 365-a-day-a-year passion project. Nice fans, though. They will. I was say, because it's not really maybe a hostile environment. It's just loud. It it can be. It can be pretty intimidating. You've never been there, right? Not for football. Not for football. You've been there for, you've been to Pinnacle Bank. That's a hostile environment. You just don't walk into Pinnacle Bank. That is true. Um A lot of seating on the end on the end zones. It's yeah. a massive amounts of seating on the end zones. Really cool, nice press box. You'll enjoy the digs up yeah. there. I mean, apparently, pretty though, easy access to get to after the game. The, the Illinois staff believes it will be loud because they had yes. So, what today is Thursday, <laughs> Wednesday. <laughs> they had like the Nebraska fight song just blaring. Okay, at Memorial Stadium. You get to see Herbie and Big Red. Okay. Like, come on, let's rank the scariest Big Ten mascots. Both of them. Purdue Pete, I think. Purdue Pete's one. <laughs> <laughs> but then I think both. Little Red might be two. It's hey, that black creepy. eye is really intimidating, too. Yeah. Um, alma Otter. <laughs> That's not going to be a thing, Scott. No matter how much you try, it's not going to be a thing. But then today, like, the music was so loud at Memorial Stadium. Like, you could hear it in Tolono, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Wondering why you're getting several calls from people down in southern Champaign County saying noise. I mean, complaints. just incredible. Like the sound system at Memorial Stadium is better than I thought it was. Cause okay. So loud. Who wins on Saturday, Scotty? I already made my prediction in today's paper that I'm sure you saw. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna pick Illinois. Okay. I just think Homer. <laughs> and you pick Nebraska? No, I don't think no, so. No, Homer. I'm riding the hot streak. I mean, I just think at this point that's a better Illinois, better team. Uh huh. I mean a little trappy just with the you know, going on the road after a bye and Nebraska's also coming off a bye so they'll 
kind of in the same. I don't know space. the last time that we've mentioned the words trap game for Illinois football. I really have I mean, no idea. I've literally <laughs> never used them <laughs> in the time I've covered the team. I mean, you could maybe harken back to 2019 when they won four in a row and got to six and four after winning at Michigan State, and then they no. they lost every game after. That. Yeah, I don't know. Any of them were a trap. It's true. What's the, what's the score on Saturday? When it's all said and done, and Brett Bielema and Josh Whitman are doling out massive bear hugs. Ale- Alex Falcheski picks Whitman up again, like he did after the Iowa win. Wisconsin. Both of them, I think. That might just be their thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think it's like a twenty-four or fourteen. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. I got. I had twenty to ten in, in in today's paper. I'm sticking with that Illinois. And what we've seen with this Illinois team all season too is they have a they have a formula for how to win a football game. That is a clear tenant of Brett Bielema's philosophy here at Illinois, especially this season, is you get an early lead, you rely on your defense to get after the quarterback, which then in turn allows the secondary to go make some plays, and then you just chew up the clock and hope you either make enough field goals or maybe, maybe, you can actually score some touchdowns when they get the ball in the red zone because that's been kind of a bugaboo. If you have so, if yeah, you have what I didn't tell you is those twenty four points, eight field goals. <laughs> <laughs> that is, uh, yeah, I I don't know. Fabrizio Pinton could be really really busy. It could, Ca- be, uh, could be Caleb Griffin. Okay, Caleb Griffin might be coming back. Okay. Yeah, because they held him out the Iowa Minnesota games by week. So, do you think Josh McCray will play on Saturday? Uh, probably almost said today that. He's on track. Okay. How much that will be is TBD. Yeah, and I'm not sure it was ever going to be a ton mm-hmm. because there's Chase Brown. Is he going to ca- is Chase Brown going to get 41 carries against Nebraska? That's probably a no. Okay. Mostly because will he hit 30? I think if he does, like that's not like the best. Not ideal. Game. Yeah. Okay. Like 28 plus. Four or five targets in the passing game. Call okay. Today. Okay. That, that's one thing, and then I think we addressed this in an earlier podcast too. Is yes, Chase Brown is being mentioned for Heisman Trophy consideration, as well he should. He's got a thousand fifty nine rushing yards so far in seven games. Only has four touchdowns though. It would look a little odd, I would say, if he and who's he may end up going to New York for the Heisman ceremony. We don't know that. But it would look a little odd if he rushes for, say, 2,100 yards and, like, seven touchdowns. <laughs> That's just something you don't really see. So if he has a big game and, and tops 100 yards again for the would be the ninth straight game? Yes. Eighth straight this season. Plus regular season finale against Northwestern last year. You need to have him find the end zone a couple times. Or yeah, I mean, at this point, like anybody – Finding the end zone yeah. is the first step. But if it's Chase Brown, I think that serves both purposes because like, they're like actively trying to keep him nationally relevant. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, part of his 41 carries against Minnesota was you know, Reggie Love and Chase Hayden both got dinged up, mm-hmm. but that game was fairly well in hand. I mean, the score doesn't maybe indicate it, but mm-hmm. like... Eleanor should have won like 45-14. Yeah. Um, Surprise, maybe didn't see like a little Aiden Lafayette or something, mm-hmm. or just don't have a running back out there. Fair enough. 
Start with the tight end. <laughs> well, no, don't do that. You can't. It's not the year of the tight end. Maybe next it's year. It's every year supposed to be the year of the tight end, and it never is. Um, all right, so we both got Nebraska, or we both got Illinois winning at Nebraska. Uh, if that were to happen, they Illinois would move to 7-1 and one on the season, 4-1 and one in the Big Ten, heading into two straight home games to start November with Michigan State and Purdue. Still don't know the kickoff time for Michigan State. Probably find out Sunday. Um, what I was told is like basically the rest of the games will be like six, six day, day pick for the network. Gotcha. Okay. Fair enough. Illinois is a hot commodity right now. And also like all the networkers have basically saved up all their six day picks for the last. That's true. Four weeks. <laughs> <laughs> so they can make sure like when it's their turn to pick, they get the game then. Or get the time they want in the game. Obviously, a lot of attention still on on this season and what Brett Bielema, Brett Bielema and his Atlanta can accomplish. Although Wednesday, some news came out from the Big Ten that the 2023 schedules are set prior to the pandemic. They were set well in advance, and then since then they've been. I kind of like this, you know, reveal that's not kind of like, for instance, the. Illinois plays at Kansas next season. You know when that game was announced? I mean, I don't know. Did Mike Thomas schedule it? Yes. Pretty sure, yeah. January 2014. <laughs> <laughs> and they're going to play their Well, I mean, first they announced the Missouri series like four years ago. And, and the last I'll be game, 50 when the they last game, Yeah, the last game in that eight-game series. Well, there's a two-year break there in the, the start of the 2030s. Yeah. <laughs> 2035, Illinois-Missouri is the last one. But anyway... Released the whole uh, schedule uh, yesterday. Only one bye week, so f- right now at least, for Illinois. So I don't know if Brett Bielma can work his magic again to, to get the two bye weeks, the mastermind. I don't he think he can because just Illinois doesn't qualify under any of like the mm-hmm. things you need on your schedule to make a week uh, and not week one game happen. The... Uh, Opener, uh, September 2nd, Toledo comes to Champaign. First ever meeting between those two schools, although they have a shared history. The winner gets some lasagna. The loser gets beanies and ween, bean, <laughs> beans, beans and weenie. Um, then the following week, September 9th, uh, at Kansas, Lance Leipold's Jayhawks have fallen off. It's basketball season in Lawrence. It's okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, they lost their quarterback. Yeah, that's the true. Kind of a big deal. And then Big Ten opener, September 16th, 2023. Shout out to my sister. That's her birthday. Penn State comes to Champaign to start Big Ten play on the road. Big Ten play on the road again. (laughs) That's really, uh, uh, you want to make folks in Happy Valley unhappy, bring that up that they're opening. Because they've complained about how many times. And the Big Ten's answer, well, (laughs) do it again. Keep your mouth shut. And then another... uh, Snitches get stitches. (laughs) Another non-conference game after opening Big Ten play, Florida Atlantic comes on September 23rd. And then it's just Big Ten play the rest of the way. The main talking point, I don't have the entire 2023 schedule memorized off the top of my head. I apologize. The main takeaway, though, is that likely going to be the last year for divisional play in 2023 before USC and UCLA join the Big Ten, and then it all just gets blown to smithereens. Uh, Illinois made out fairly well as far as the crossover games. Oh, it's the, the easiest yeah. set of games. They got Penn State coming to Champaign, Indiana's coming to Champaign, and they have to go to Maryland. 
Maryland's six and two though under Mike Stockley this year. They're already in a bowl game. Yeah, but you don't have to play Ohio State. Don't have to play Ohio State. Michigan. Don't have to play Michigan. Uh, don't have to play Michigan State. Although at that point, I mean, yeah, Mel Tucker, they might be. Yeah, that'll be interesting. How does it feel to have lit ninety-five million dollars <laughs> on fire? <laughs> well, Michigan. Just going back to Michigan State for a second. They're in a. They got Michigan this Saturday night in Ann Arbor. Um, they could wreck Michigan's college football playoff hopes and revitalize their season, and then they come to Champaign next week. Yeah, or the same thing that's <laughs> happened all season keeps <laughs> happening, and they don't that's play very good football. But in the 2023 schedule, Illinois got out fairly well when it comes to crossover games. Yeah. And, uh, and I mean, they got divisions for one more season. Yeah, they don't have to go to Wisconsin or Nebraska next season. Both those teams come to Champaign. They have to go to Iowa, a place they have not won since 1999 at Kinnick Stadium. And then uh, Northwestern comes here. At Minnesota, at Purdue. At Minnesota, at Purdue. So travel-wise, it's really not a bad schedule for Illinois next season. you got road games at Kansas, Purdue, Maryland, I guess, is the outlier there with the trip out to College Park. So we'll see. Pretty easy to get to. All right, Scotty, uh, what are you working on? What's going to be in Saturday's paper ahead of the uh, game against Saturday's the Huskers? <laughs> You're going to be driving hours. all day tomorrow. you got to get it done today. Um, Just you know, your, my regular mm-hmm. Saturday previews. Okay. Some, Some storylines to watch. Yeah, a little Barry Lunny. A Q&A with the coordinator Illinois offensive corner. coordinator. Okay, all right. And of course, and Fridays, you said, have basketball. Yes. And Are the Illini going to beat Quincy on Friday night, Scott? I would imagine. Okay. That's secret scrimmage. Not so secret. Beat Kansas. Beat Kansas. In Although, I mean, the, no one's St. Charles said a score, Missouri. but yeah. <laughs> they did. I get it. They won. They won the scrimmage. <laughs> Define win. I don't know. Yeah, we're getting that busy time of year, Scotty. Got to write some words. Got to drive 16 hours in three days. Enjoy some good food. The, the driving part might is the. You can just listen to this podcast like sixteen times, <laughs> and then you'll get to Omaha, and then you got another forty-five minute drive to Lincoln. Highways are nice in Nebraska, though. Lauren Tate raved about him a decade ago when I went with him. Okay. <laughs> Could not I stop. Mean, I've driven on them. I guess I didn't have speed any limit seventy-five. Didn't have a real opinion. Yeah, you're in God's country. All right, well, safe travels to Nebraska and back. Scotty, follow all of his coverage at LNHQ.com and in the pages of the News Gazette. We'll be back next week for another episode of Inside Atlanta Football. Enjoy Saturday's game, everyone.